Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Brian Bunkert online. Brian, how are you? I'm fantastic, brother. I'm happy to be here with you. Great to be with you today. And, and just for people to know, we had done this before, but technology sometimes fails us. So uh, as I said, Brian, we need to get you back on this because we want it to sound right. We want people to hear you uh, and see you and, 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 and really take value in the amazing work you're doing. So share with the audience uh, a little bit about the work you're doing. Yeah, so I'm going to start uh, briefly, if it's okay, with just a quick story about kind of who I am and some of the stuff I've been through, and then I'll, it'll go into that. So I'm going to ask everybody, uh, unless you're driving, of course, to close your eyes for just a second, and I'll tell you when to reopen them. I want you to imagine going to a store, having a successful shopping trip, getting everything you need, and breezing through the checkout line. It was just as smooth and easy as it could be. You get outside, you feel the sun hitting you on the face, and you're moving on thinking that you're just going on with your life and on to a greater part of your day. When you get to your car, you're getting ready to unlock the door, you turn your head and you see a truck barreling 40 miles an hour right at you with no time to react. Go ahead and open your eyes. That's where this portion of my story begins. My mom, my brother, and I went to our local Walmart to get a one-inch paintbrush. And as we were heading to our car, I was, obviously the, first, I was the first one in the car because I wanted to get home and put that paintbrush to use. And uh, my mom and brother were three, four feet behind me. Now, this was back in the days before they had key fobs, so I'd wait for my mom to literally catch up, stick her key in the door so that we could get on with our way. And as we were standing there, a truck pulled up in front of the store, driver and middle passenger got out, and the passenger all the way to the right felt the truck moving backwards. So he did what any one of us would do, Michael, and he scooted over to put his foot on the brake, but he instead hit the gas. Combination of shock and force threw him up onto the steering wheel, up onto the dashboard, and before you know it, he's catapulting 40 miles an hour across the parking lot right at us with no time to react. We were in an end spot, went up and over the median, up and over the tree in the median, hit our car, knocked me over, ran over me diagonally, tore my spleen, left a tire track scar in my stomach, and continued on to completely sever my left arm from my body. So there I am laying on the parking lot on a 115 degree day in Phoenix, Arizona. My mom and brother just watched the whole thing happen. They see me on the ground, they look up and they see my arm laying 10 feet away. Fortunately for me, my guardian angel also saw the whole thing happen. There was a nurse that walked out of the store right when this happened. She saw the literal life and limb scenario in front of her and I am forever indebted for the fact that she made the choice to go into action versus turn her head and go home. She came over and immediately stopped the bleeding on the main wound and saved my life. And she instructed some innocent bystanders to run inside, grab a cooler, and get my arm on ice within minutes. Had she not done one or both of those things, Michael, I either wouldn't be here with you today or I'd be here with you today with a cleaned up stump. So I know that our listeners probably weren't expecting it to go there today, right? I have a very unique story. But what I also know is that we all have unique stories. What's important is that we pause, become aware of the lessons we can extract from those stories, and then become intentional with how do we apply them into our lives. And we all have the ability to do that. We also all have the ability to tap into the collective wisdom of other people's stories to shorten our own curve to learning. So I'm going to share two primary lessons that leads into what I'm doing today, and then we can take it wherever we need to go, brother. So the first is I learned not to get stuck by what has happened to me, but instead get moved by what I could do with it. And the second, I didn't realize until far later. You see at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, although I was the one having the surgeries done to me, although I was the one that had to put in the work in therapy, occupational, and physical for years, I was also being guided through the process. So I was a little bit in a fog, but my parents were not. They were intimately aware of the unceasing medical treatments, years of physical therapy, and the idea of seeing their son grow up with the use of his left arm was a source of great potential suffering for them. 
So they literally willed themselves day in and day out to do what was necessary, what was tough, to embrace the pains required to ultimately strengthen and heal me. So whether intentional or not, they ingrained in me a philosophy and a way of living, which was to embrace pain, to avoid suffering. And I believe when this is done correctly, that's also where we gain freedom. So it's these two concepts I use to not only overcome this unique injury, how my business partners and I scaled our last business to 15 million in the span of a decade, and now how as a human behavior and performance coach, we are working with individuals and organizations just like you, just like the people listening, to become more aware, more intentional, and who they already are, their most authentic selves. You see, I believe that's when magic happens, when the door starts to crack to perspective, motivation, and direction, and where joy, freedom, and fulfillment can start to enter into their worlds. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, and it is definitely unique and impactful. But as you said, everyone has stories, but yours um, continues. And you took it and you went through, um, you know, I know physio and all of that stuff is not fun. It hurts. And, you know, that's if you, you, know, you pull a muscle or something like that. You had, you know, your arm removed from you and then put back together and, they're not designed to come off naturally. No, they're so, not. Yeah, that's not. We don't have a, a plug button. That would that would have been nice, right? It, exactly. It's kind of like those action figures when we were kids, and the arm broke off, and we tried to fix it, and it never quite worked. It looked a little, you know, a little deformed. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it kind of like Island of Misfit Toys kind of thing. You know, with, with <laughs> and of course, our parents would never let us play with super glue, so we tried it with Elmer's glue. That didn't work. You know, that, <laughs> that that doesn't. That's not just made your hands messy. Yeah, I was gonna say that. That's the only thing that. Elmer's glue really sticks to is your hands. It doesn't really work to anything else, but, but, you know, tongue in cheek, of course, but he went through all that pain, but he didn't, by doing that, you got use of your arm and are able to do things you're able to do with today. And you chose the pain instead of the suffering because and I would not have any problem at all, and I think most people wouldn't have a problem with it per se of saying, well, if you decide, you know what, I just can't deal with this uh, pain anymore, I'd much rather just not have to deal with all of this physio and all the other things that I need to get done and just go through life you know, suffering with, you know, an arm that would either be not useful or they may have yep. had to remove it. Um, and, and, and every day would be, you know, a struggle because you're like, okay, well, I, I don't have that arm, so I have to adapt. And, you know, people do, but it's still, you know, every day is, you know, you know suffering through, you know, challenges and, and whatnot. And, and avoiding pain, um, it does invite suffering in many cases. I've seen it time and time again. I think back of things that I've done in life that were, were not easy, were difficult to do, but the growth from it was worth every moment yeah. of going through that, you know, whether it's relationships, making a decision to you know, go into a different type of career, you know, shifting things, moving, you know, all the things and challenges that I've you know, had in life by leaning into it going, okay, well, you know, that this isn't going to be fun, but it needs to be done, in my opinion, in my assessment of I need to, to work through this and, and deal with this pain in order to you know, come out the other side and be able to do the things that I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, and the thing is, is the world tells us to reduce, eliminate, or avoid pain, right? And so, you know, it's, it's, we can talk about this in concept. I'll give a couple of examples here in a second, because I think it's important for people to understand this really does apply to everything in our lives, because we hear this narrative. Again, the world tells us to reduce, eliminate, or avoid pain which is a natural response to an evolutionary reason for survival, right? Like, let's just call it what it is. We don't like pain. It sucks. We feel it. It's real time. It gets lots of attention. 
But let's understand the difference between pain and suffering. Pain is defined as short-term, intermittent, and a direct cause from something, and alleviated once that direct cause is removed. Then we screw it up with adjectives like acute and chronic. Acute maintains the definition, but chronic inherently changes it because it implies that the pain is no longer short-term, it's not intermittent, and it persists even after that direct cause is removed. So let's stop calling it chronic pain and let's call it what it really is, suffering. We don't admit that suffering exists in our lives, particularly when it's a direct result of our choices. And often it, it creeps up on us to the fact that we adapt to it, sometimes until the effects are irreversible, which is why we have to be vigilant in understanding the right kinds of pain between where we are today and where we want to be to embrace. And so we can embrace the pain of hitting the gym for 30 minutes a day to avoid the suffering of aches and pains of a sedentary lifestyle. We can embrace the pain of a difficult conversation with a loved one or spouse to avoid the suffering of being stuck in a loveless marriage that's going to end in divorce or frankly being stuck in a marriage when you want divorce. We can embrace the pain of the fit our kids are sure to throw by having them put down their mobile devices at the dinner table to avoid the suffering of years of lost meaningful connection and conversation that will never get back. Right? As business owners or business people, we can embrace the pain of firing our top salesperson to avoid the suffering of stagnant growth and losing all our other top talent because they were the greatest cancer in our culture. We can embrace the pain right, of recognizing that we might be suffering from burnout and putting the right mechanisms in place, embracing the pain, talking to somebody, learning how to actually modulate our workflow and our energy so that we don't hit burnout. We can better manage anxiety and stress and all these things to avoid the suffering of remaining stuck feeling like we aren't able to move forward and operating in a position where we just feel truly burned out, right? That's suffering. Burnout is suffering. So when we look at all these concepts, we, can, we need to understand the pains that are necessary to embrace on our pathway to success. Yeah, working in healthcare as long as I did, um, I'll, I'll use chronic w once and we'll switch it to suffering. Yeah, the number of chronic diseases that the clinics that I ran you know, dealt with on a daily basis was sad. I mean, yeah. and deeply sad. You know, going into the waiting room and seeing people that you start recognizing because they're in there a lot because they're, you know, they're suffering yeah. uh, with with their things. And the you know, majority of those diseases were preventable um, mm -hmm. because of making different choices, going through the pain of eating a little bit smarter and or the pain of figuring out how to buy more nutritious foods than yeah. the convenient in a cardboard box or brown paper bag food choices that too many people make. Um, and again, it's that quick fix uh, society and I blame the amygdala for this, but you know, we don't want pain. So we, we got to ease it just like anybody says, Oh, I got a little bit of headache. They immediately go to the painkiller. It's like, Oh, how long have you had it? Oh, about two minutes. Okay. You know, it's like, don't, you know, you don't need to take the, you know, the pain medication. If you've had a, a mild headache for two minutes, you know, go outside, breathe in, wash your face, stretch, you know, do something, you know, there's yeah. all kinds of different mechanisms you can take. So you don't have to deal with that yeah. uh, pain because again, you know, if you're having a headache, that's your body telling you, okay, something's amiss. All right. Well, once you get more in tune with what your yeah. body is telling you, then you can address it without, artificially masking it or covering it up, which, you know, obviously long-term, you know, can do a toll on a lot of different body parts, which then, you know, gets yeah. you into more suffering type of situations because you, you know, took pain medication for several years or did this or this. So, yeah. and in life and lessons, you know, I think I was thinking about, you know, entrepreneurs and things like that, how so many of them, 
you know, avoid the pain, but then they struggle and they suffer through things because they don't do the things that they need to do you know, in order for their That's business true. to grow over a period of time. You know, they want, you know, and I talk to you know, people all the time, you know, they think this is instant. That's not instant. Gary V didn't become who he was instantly. Zuckerberg didn't do it instantly. Steve Jobs got fired from Apple. People tend to forget that. They threw him out. And then when they were about a heartbeat away from being completely dust, you know, he came back and right people, right things, all that stuff, the pain of, you know, eliminating the majority of the product line they had and going, okay, we're only gonna sell these you know, two or three things. Well, a lot of people are going, how in the world are we going to make money doing that? Well, uh, it's apparent that they can. So again, those are stories where making a painful choice avoids the suffering because Apple, I don't think if they would have continued making all the stuff that they were making would be where they are as an organization today. I don't, I don't think there would be iPhones. I really, they wouldn't have innovated. They would have said, okay, we're just going to make another, you know, uh, weird shaped computer. And then, you know, 20% of the population might buy it. Okay. And they'll just be cruising along and not do anything innovative or, or challenge the status quo on things. So avoiding pain should not be your, and even though your brain may tell you that is, but it shouldn't be your first go-to. It's like, okay, what is this pain telling me? What yeah, if I point, go point, pain points is at what's important where they are as an organization yeah. today. I don't, I don't think there would be iPhones. I really, I, they wouldn't have innovated. They would have said, okay, we're just going to make another, you know, uh, weird shaped computer. And then, you know, 20% of the population might buy it. Okay. And they'll just be cruising along and not do anything innovative or, or challenge the status quo on things. So avoiding pain should not be your, and even though your brain may tell you that is, but it shouldn't be your first go-to. It's like, okay, what is this pain telling me? What if yeah, I point, go- point, Pain points is at what's important. They're sending out the marketing materials that were necessary to substantiate the flow of, of leads that we would need to, to support our business and our payroll, right? There's, there's literal decisions Every single day that it's like, of course you wake up. Does anybody enjoy cold calling? Well, most people don't. I I have learned to enjoy it because I like the process of it, but that doesn't mean that I want to do it every single day. But do I still need to have outreach to build new relationships, to create a funnel for my business so that I can have enough revenue to support the direction that we want to go? Absolutely. If I don't do that, if I don't embrace that pain regularly and consistently, my business will suffer from not having enough opportunities from a revenue generation perspective to grow, to have our payroll, to, to expand. So those are the things that I think people need to recognize. It's, it, this literally applies to everything in life, everything, right? We need to pay attention to what are the pains between where we are today and where do we wanna be and how do we start to embrace them? I mean, there's three really simple steps that we can guide people through. I won't bore you with the details unless we wanna unpack this, but we need to first start by acknowledging the suffering that we wish to avoid, right? We need to understand that. And, and some people are like, wait a minute, you're talking about pain. Like now you want me to focus on suffering? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. Okay. I'm going to keep this part brief. We, again, we can unpack it if we want to, but suffering, identifying the suffering we wish to avoid is actually a separate side to the same coin of what do you really want? So when you go through your gold planning, you go through your vision planning, you're going there for a reason. If you don't get that, or if something were to happen that would take you in a completely 180 direction, that would probably be suffering for you. Understand that. Use that as a motivator. Identify the pains we tend to avoid and learn to embrace them. I'll give one quick example on this one because it's my own. I don't have a tricep. My bicep is my gracilis from my leg. My lat and left side of my back is non-existent. I have a curve in my spine. 
I learned that if I stay active, I keep my core strong, my abs, my back strong, I eat the right foods, I keep movement, I percussion therapy, I stretch, I do all these things that my suffering, that's debilitating pain that keeps me from wanting to go to bed in the morning can be manageable to a place where I can show up. So when I discovered this, what did I do? I went and I joined a gym. I went consistently for 30 days because that's what we do. We want to get healthy, right? That's what the world tells us. Go join a gym. So I did it. I did it consistently for 30 days. Now I, and then I stopped going. That's where most people would stop. But because I had acknowledged the suffering I wish to avoid, which was I don't want debilitating pain that's going to prevent me from living the life that I want, I knew I had to take it a step further and I had to ask the question, is it the pain of working out, the pain of lifting weights, the pain of plyometrics that I'm avoiding, or is it the anxiety I get in the crowded gym? More times than not, what we recognize, it's typically not the strategy and tactics that we're deploying in our life that keeps us stuck, that keeps us feeling burnt out, that keeps us feeling like we're not doing things. It's typically a combination of emotional triggers, behavioral patterns, and environmental conditioning. And until we move those to a place of conscious awareness, we can't be intentional with them. And then the last step is understanding how to apply this as a habit in every of our life. The one thing we have to pay attention to with this is it looks like a cost and expense, right? We know experts in habit formation talk about upfront energy tax. We think about it wrong. We think about it as it's taking something away. Flip it on its head and start to recognize that in, uh, creating this as a habit is actually an investment in your future self, right? The old adage, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah, it's antiquated, but it's also a challenge of perspective because it calls us to see our challenges and our pain through a lens of meaning. I love the investing in yourself with a habit uh, and it's not taking things away. It's actually adding to your life. It's yeah. making you better, um, whether it's changing your eating habits. Um, I, I tell people all the time, and I've done this you know, with all the talks that I've given over the last year and some change on burnout prevention. One of the things I implore people to do, and they immediately start thinking, I'm telling them, don't eat fast food, which I will tell you that. You know, it's, not, it's not real food. But I tell people, you know, work with a nutritionist or a dietitian or a health yeah. provider that can figure out your food intolerances because every one of us has those. We're allergic or we have an intolerance to something. We may be aware of it or we may not be, depending on what it is. So yeah. when you get tested and you, you can see the things then what you can do is you can obviously eliminate any of those things you have an intolerance from your diet, which means your gut and your gut bacteria will start behaving better, which means your body's not using energy to you know, fight you yeah. know, the, 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 the toxins, quite frankly, that are in your system. They're toxins to you. They may not be toxins to me, but they're toxins to yeah. you if you have an intolerance, which means then your body has that energy stored up to deal with other things in life. And then you get good night's sleep. Usually when your gut's active is, you know, breaking things down all day, then you wake up in the morning and you feel better because you've slept better, which means those aches and pains that you might have are going to be reduced or non-existent depending on, on what they are. And it's simple of going, okay, I'm going to invest in learning what, um, yeah allergic to and what I'm not and eliminate those things from my diet and I will feel better. And I tell yeah. people too, you know, a food journal or journaling. I'm a big fan of that because you, you can gauge on how your days are going. And, and, and it's a good way too, because if there's a potential health situation that you could be facing, so many of us, unfortunately, are blissfully unaware of how we're feeling you know, truly how things are going. And if you start documenting these things over a period of time, you notice some trends and you go, hmm, okay, I'm noticing this a little bit. What's going on in my world, in my life that could be contributing to this? Is there something that I need to adjust to fix that? And yeah. we are, 
I don't want to call us machines. We're more than that. We are so complex and dynamically awesome. There's so many things that make us us. And to be able to get a better understanding of what makes us us gives us that ability to control and shift and move things around. So we're more harmonious with all the aspects of our life. And when we do that, we, we, we're just better. We have more clarity. We feel better. We, we see opportunities. We see, you know, we avoid situations that are bad because we have the clarity to know, okay, I don't want to go down that particular path. I'm going to approach it this way, which again, you know, keeps relationships healthier. And, and there's just so many things when you're in a better state than if you're fatigued and wiped out because yeah. then everything else, you know, it's a domino effect and it just make every aspect of your life a lot more difficult. And quite frankly, you'll be suffering in a lot of areas of your life uh, just because you're avoiding some pain of dealing with certain things in your life, whether it's nutrition, rest, relationships, you name yeah. it, everything. Yeah. yeah. You're, I mean, you're spot on, right? It's like to use the food example, I'm lactose intolerant. When I consume milk, I, I can consume some kind of types of cheese and dairy, but milk is, it wrecks my system. I've got an upset stomach. I just feel crappy all the time. Well, guess what? I love milk. I've got to embrace the pain of not consuming milk to avoid the suffering of having an upset stomach nonstop because I, I, I'm consuming something that my body doesn't like. I like the flavor of it. My body doesn't like what it does to it, right? So it's, it's no different, but that's, oh, I love that you gave the food example because this, it really does apply to everything in life, right? We must choose our pain or our suffering will choose us. I'm lactose intolerant as well. So I feel your pain. Um, literally uh, it's, yeah, it's in a, a it came and went. I think I've had it for a long time. I probably had it even as a kid and just didn't really pay much attention to it. But as an adult, I was able to drink it for a while and didn't really notice a lot of things or the symptoms were mild. But then as time went on, uh, symptoms became quite quite problematic. And I'm like, okay, I think I know what this is because like, you know, a document, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to have that. And sure enough, it's what it was. So yep. I'm with you. There's certain types of cheeses that are okay. If I had, let's say, chicken parmesan from an Italian restaurant, I'm, I'm wrecked for two days. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just the first day. I'm not going to mention it, but you can imagine. Uh, the second day is just, I just feel lousy, like, and, yeah. and like, and I'm thinking to myself, as tasty as that was to me, not worth it. That is, I don't want two days of suffering, and you know, so I'm not going to deal with that and the pain and the suffering and all of that. It's like, yes. Am I going to miss eating that? Of course. Would I, I mean, at home I could try, it's like, okay, what cheeses don't bug me? Okay. Figure that out. And I say, okay, let me make this at home and see. But then on the other side of it, um, I, and I'm, I'm waiting for test results to come back because I've noticed this lately. And my guess is I probably got a slight gluten issue as well. So it's like, okay, breading on the chicken, out, okay, you know, can't have the cheeses on there, out, okay, acidic from, you know, red tomato well, sauce. All the gluten in the pasta. All the gluten <laughs> in the pasta. So I'm like, okay, well then, 
well, let's try the gluten-free stuff. And you look at it and, you know, a, a colleague of mine who's vegan, uh, I posted uh, a picture on Instagram. You know, here I am posting burnout prevention, this and this stuff. Probably one of the most popular posts I've had on Instagram in a while was a picture of my Buddha bowl that my better half made for lunch for me. So he comments, it's like, whoa, did you switch to vegan? I think, you know, he would be thrilled if I did. I'm like, I was like, no, I haven't, but I have cut my meat intake way back um, and eating more vegetables and, you know, you know, things that are, you know, are, are healthier for me. Uh, so, you know, don't, I'm not, I'm not part of your camp yet. So don't worry about that. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it, it, I, I still find it funny. It's like all these tips on how to live a better life people like the picture of food. So it's like, okay, all right. That's, it is what it is some days. It's frustrating. And I'm sure it frustrates you too. And, and human behavior and, you know, teaching people how to live an ideal life that they can control. And we put all this content out there. Uh, sorry for the soapbox people, but I'm just going to take this moment. We put all this content out there, but then we post a picture of food and people like that. And I think I know why, because that I think is a connector. And you correct me if I'm wrong. I'd love to hear your thought on this. I think that's a connector because when people see us as you know, people that are going out and hacking life for a back of lack of a better term, and teaching people how to lead their life and leadership skills and you know, all these things, when we post something of a meal, something I'm eating, there's a connection there because then they, I think people think, wait a minute, I'm actually connected to him. Or her, yeah. because there's food. I, I think I it shows food. who you are outside of the thought leader, outside of the content creator, and it, it yeah. makes you more human. Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely notice a big difference, and that's that's part of the reason we have a vlog as well on top of other intellectual content that we release. That's part of the reason I, you know, integrate my kids and things that we do in posts because it shows who I am as a person, not who I am as just a, a, a you know a coach, a speaker, a content creator, thought leader, those kinds of things. So yeah, I think it creates an authentic connection. And the world right now is starving for authentic leadership, right? And so when you can see the person behind the concept, I think it makes the concept more valid as well because they feel relatability. There's, you know, um, credibility, there's resonance, and they're, they're all of a sudden becomes a common bond on something that we jointly share, right? So I've got stuff where I'll post with me mountain biking, right? And it brings in a different audience than if I'm talking about my Jeep or my kids and we're playing in the pool or whatever, right? Like it's just, it, it speaks to different parts of people. And I think food in and of itself is a connector because uh, you share, you know, you break bread with people. And I think food also has uh, different elements of how we're emotionally wired tied to it. Because food often brings us into memories and experiences because it's such a front strong connector. So, you know, when we look at our favorite dish, it might remind us of our grandma's favorite dish. It puts us into a warm, sentimental place, right? So many people who like to enjoy to consume food, it's a multi-sensory experience. So when you see a picture of food, you often start salivating. So not only is it a connector, but I think in your case, when you talk about food in that place, it's like, well, you all also hit them mentally and emotionally in a place that an intellectual piece of content might not. Plus too, it, it helps me walk the walk when I say, okay, I, I can't eat the foods that I used to eat, yeah. you know, way back when in the brown paper bag. And this is the types of food that I typically eat now. And I think from that, it makes it, you know, it, it's a better connection. And like you said, it, you know, it, 
you know, the breaking bread and, 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 and connecting with people, it, they go say, okay, he's a, he's a real person. All right, now maybe I'll start listening a little bit more to what he's saying about stress prevention. Maybe I'll buy his book. Maybe I'll buy his course because, okay, he's, he's, he's human. He's, he's authentic. You know, he stubbed his toe, you know, I mean, I could have taken a picture of the, you know, the dead dishwasher that got carted out of my condo today. You know, it's like, it's a real life thing. It's like, well, here it is, you know, it, it's, it's gone. And now you're going to have the fun of installing a new one and, you know, and keep the mop bucket handy just in case, cause you never know. It's like, yeah, that's tight enough. Yeah, you know, I, I think plumbers uh, definitely deserve a lot more credit because sometimes with me and, and water and plumbing, that's not a good combination. Not a good mix. <laughs> yeah, my, 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 and, and my dad, you know, you know, rest in peace, dad, you know, would, would definitely go, you better find an office job because you're not good being handy. So, and he, and he said that lovingly. I did not take that as an insult. That was a, that was a truth moment. Um, it, yes, painful to receive it at first, but it helped me avoid uh, decades of suffering going, yeah, I'm just not good at this. So uh, uh, that's why you hire people. And you, I'm fortunate enough that I can do that too, but we're going to still give it a try anyway. Uh, why not? It's fun and adventures. So Brian, uh, if there was one takeaway that you want to leave with the audience today, and I know there's a billion of them that you can give, but what, what do you want to share with people today, especially in light of what's going on in the world at the time of this recording and things you're yep. seeing in the conversations you're having? You know, what's, what's one takeaway you'd like to leave with them today? I think a lot of people right now are waiting for a hero to show up. I think they're waiting to be saved, right? I feel like uh, there's a lot of people who are still operating from a position of feeling like they're the victim or like life is fate. And they're looking for the, you know, the next, you know, quick fix. And I don't want to say quick fix because that implies that the individual is, is, is lazy. That's not what I mean by that. What I mean by that, though, is that we're looking for someone else to provide us with a solution. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but nobody's going to ride on, in on a, on a sterling white horse and be your savior or be your hero. The only person that can is you. The only person that can stand yourself back up is you. The only person who can make you the best version of yourself is you. Right? We don't need any more seven-step systems out there in the world. We don't need more quick, quick, get-rich-quick schemes. Right? We don't need any more. This is where you're going to all of a sudden just be free. It takes work. Right? you got to embrace the pain of really turning into who you are and going on that intrinsic journey so that you can stand up and be your own hero and be your own savior because that's the only person who can do it. Now, I don't mean to be negative about this. That's actually really encouraging because that means that you're the only one who can truly influence and control your own destiny. You can have ownership and accountability and autonomy in where you want to head and leave your life. If you don't know where to start, find a guide. And I want to be clear, this isn't a pitch to go find a, hire a coach, right? 90% of people aren't ready for coaches. But find a guide, find a resource, find a person, find somebody in your life, a, a, a mom, a brother, a, a spouse, a kid. It could be a mentor. It could be a coach. It could be a therapist. Find somebody. If you don't know where to start to guide you down that path, so that you are capable and able to stand yourself back up. The fact that you're here listening to this today tells me that you are a survivor because nobody gets through this life unscathed. So you've already been knocked down before. You've already stood yourself back up. You've already saved yourself. You've already been your own hero. Now's the time to do it again. And if you need any help, we can certainly help guide you. But by all means, nobody else is going to save you. That's words to live by, Brian. So where can people find out more about you and this incredible work you do? Yep. Go to brianbogert.com. You'll see all of our social handles on there at Bogert Brian. Um, you know, what we didn't talk about is we're on a mission to impact a billion lives by 2045. And so why I say that is we, we know that 99.9999999999% will never pay us a dollar and we're very okay with that. 
because we recognize that those that choose to invest and go deeper uh, are the ones that are going to be able to help substantiate all the resources we need to impact those billion lives. So I say that because when you go there, you're going to see a lot of free content. I put a lot of out there to truly elevate and empower those around me. But there's also a free gift that I've got for you. Go to nolimitsprelude.com, nolimitsprelude.com. It's going to be a succinct version of a lot of our coaching philosophies to hopefully guide you on your own intrinsic path. And if that's all you need from us, take it and run. The only thing we ask is that you pay it forward and, and give it as a resource to someone else. Because the only way we get to that billion lives, the only way we start to change the world, the only way we set all of ourselves free is collectively, collective impact. That's what we're focused on. Let us know how we can help. That's awesome. I'll definitely have that in show notes. So, Brian, thank you again for being you and for all the amazing work that you're doing. Thank you, brother. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.